0: That sounds wow. awesome. Yeah. Wow. I feel a little sweaty now. <laughs>
1: well, I definitely, I definitely can't be on the
2: podcast now. <laughs>
0: Catholic Nerds Podcast, your Eucharistic source for quality Catholic nerdery. This is Scott, Mary, and Cody. And eventually Colby will join us, hopefully, maybe not. Um, Tonight we're talking about the real presence of the Eucharist. Um, So
2: wait, if we're the Eucharistic source, we're the source and summit of Catholic nerds.
0: Maybe we shouldn't read into it, you know, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs>
2: too deeply.
0: <laughs> My other option was your Paschal source, but yeah, I don't know. I like that, I too. I don't want to be too heretical about all
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> we want to walk that line of just barely enough yeah. heresy.
0: Yeah, r- really no heresy would be
2: good. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've heard I don't that. know. Little heresies are fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding Okay so
0: thanks Getting a little sweaty in the palms
1: <laughs> So did y'all hear Real quick just about the um, The falling out between Sony and the MCU
2: Yeah that was mm. oh, crazy So lame
1: so what, where do they stand right now? Like, what's the...
2: So basically that, uh, they're, they're in talks right now trying to figure out what they're going to do. There may be possibilities of, of uh, the movies still lining up from Sony um, with the MC Universe. MC, yeah, MC Universe. However, it seems that Tom Holland will not be appearing as Spider-Man in the MCU anymore.
0: What?
1: is it at all possible for them to have him in the MCU movies playing I know I know Scott had said that there's never really another Iron Man but you said there's other people who wear the suit I don't know basically Tom Holland appearing but Peter Parker I guess is part of the trademark right like his yeah okay because I was thinking could he appear as basically taking on the Iron Man role
0: no Hawks or as Captain America never mind sorry
1: yeah I don't know it was just an idea that maybe maybe they'd Wiggle around it, and never have anyone call him Peter again.
0: Uh, maybe we'll <laughs> use some alternate Peter Parker from another uh, multiverse.
1: it's just after all they did to build up the Tony Stark Peter Parker relationship, this just is unacceptable.
2: And it's funny because it seems if as if Disney was trying to give Sony more profit. That like, can't c- because w- what the deal was is Disney was saying, let's split. 50-50, all future uh, Spider-Man stuff.
1: Well, were they wanting to split the Sony movies, too? That's probably they're, the deal.
2: Yeah, I'm, saying, let's I'm
0: split the Sony movies and let's split the MCU. So anything that appears in... I'm worried this isn't smoke to the fire of what that whistlebl- Disney whistleblower came out and said, that Disney has been overstating its profits for a long time, and now maybe Sony wants to get out of Dodge before it all collapses. Mm. Maybe...
1: I don't know. I don't know. know, But it's really upsetting. I think we should file a class action lawsuit for, like... Emotional... emotional For
0: my childhood. Yeah.
1: Yeah, emotional distress. That they've built up all of this, and now it's just going to come crashing down around us. But, anyway, yeah. So, it said that um, a study showed that 26% of Marvel fans don't believe that Peter Parker will be appearing in any more Marvel movies. Oh, wait. Sorry. No, that's the percentage of Catholics that believe in the true presence of the Eucharist.
2: Don't believe.
0: Excellent Jesus. segue, Mary, even though that is a terrible horrifying number. <laughs> um, yeah, so if y'all um have been following the Catholic blogosphere or um, you know, National Catholic Register put out a article about it, there's a Pew Research Center study that Um, showed that 26% of Catholics under the age of 40, only 26% uh, actually believe believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And that, um, let's see, and that's actually, even though that's bad, it's actually a little bit worse because (laughs) there was um, a 1994 study conducted by the New York Times and CBS they have found that 30% of Catholics under the age of 45 believe in the real presence. So now, since 1994, we've dropped 4%. Yeah. Of course, there's,
1: there's also the question of are we asking people who were baptized Catholic, who identify sort of culturally right. as Catholic, or are we talking about practicing Catholics? Either way. Well, it was a four Pew or study.
2: Or a Pew study? Was that the name of it? Yeah, Pew Research Center. Pew Research Center. So I assume they're asking kind of the, the right people. Ah. But I don't assume
1: that Because they, they want part of They would like us to feel Irrelevant yeah. And undermined Because they've done I don't know if it was them specifically But there was that study a while back Saying that this is the percentage of Catholics That use contraception It was the, sky Are they high. the same group? Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it's the same group I'm just okay. saying
2: Well that's what I'm saying I think Pew Research Center is a different group That is kind of a church oriented thing No Is it not?
1: I don't believe so. Scott, you would know more about this than us.
0: Well, I'm looking, I'm digging into the study a little bit. Um, the It's 26% of self-described Catholics. Um, so, yeah. So, they... So that's anybody. Uh, about 6 in 10, 63% of the most observant Catholics, those who attend Mass at least once a week, Accept the church's teaching about transubstantiation, even though they're kind of conflating transubstantiation and real presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sixty-three percent people who actually attend mass, you know, and it's in such a way that they're not in a state of mortal sin, um, believe in the real presence. But even th- then, that's still pretty low. What's that's the percentage? Sixty-three percent. So, thirty-seven percent. Don't believe in the real presence Even though they're attending mass right. Profaning the body and blood of Christ And right. doing so You know they're saying amen Sort of You know in quotation marks right. <laughs> yeah. right. Right.
1: Amen but, metaphorically
0: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, But it, there is a breakdown um, I'll put in the show notes uh, If you want to kind of dig into the correlation to uh, You know Um the mass attendance and the percentage of people that believe right. in real presence, right. they don't disambiguate between transubstantiation and real presence, which, I mean, if you, the percentage of Catholics that would actually n- understand that subtlety even would probably be pretty <laughs> low anyway. But yeah.
1: Well, and... Two things that that first of all, I think that does establish that somewhat they're sort of like with the contraception study a while back that was like, oh, Catholics actually use contraception all the time. It's like, but that's not the number was much lower for practicing Catholics than for people who simply identify as Catholic. You know, but right, also, right. also that basically, where's the cause and where's the effect, basically. That these people identify as Catholic but aren't attending Mass, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, like is it partly because they weren't properly catechized about the true presence, and that's why they don't go to Mass and aren't practicing?
0: Yeah, if if they yeah. if people actually could conceive of the mystical awesomeness of right <laughs> the you know the real presence, really conceive of that, I it would it would be. Uh, well, it would be even worse if they weren't attending Mass, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That would be, you know, knowledge and intent. Yeah. Their culpability would go way up. But, yeah, I mean, if they actually could conceive of all these concepts of heaven kissing earth, the reality of that, in the Eucharist, um, you know, they, they'd be in the pews. So to, you know, do our small part in helping... Um, solidify reinforce uh, the real presence you know we're going to go through some of the some of the all of our cool parts our cool arguments um, eucharistic miracles about the real presence Um, just as an outline kind of where we the subjects we hope to cover tonight uh, we want to go over flannery flannery o'connor's really cool quote about the real presence We want to go through John 6 of the Gospel of John, where Jesus lays it on as literal as possible. Um, We've got some cool quotes from the Church Fathers, from St. Justin Martyr, from St. Ignatius of Antioch, who were basically talking about this as they were being martyred, so they probably were telling the straight-up truth. Um, Eucharistic Miracles, we could have a whole podcast on just that. Um, like like Lanciano and yeah, stuff yeah. Um, And then if we have time um, We can even look to some of the Protestants Like Martin Luther Who um, despite being Protestant Would hammer the table um, About the real presence When, uh, when uh, other Protestants would try to argue about uh, Try to propose a, a symbolic understanding of the Eucharist so that's just kind of an outline of where we want to go. Um, do y'all know the the Flannery, o, Flannery O'Connor story? I don't think
2: so. Negative yeah. Ghost Rider. Denying <laughs> aggressively
1: at everything you just said. It's true. So
0: in unison. So tell awesome. us the Flannery well, O'Connor story. Well, so it's known for her short stories like "A Good Man Is Hard to Find." Anyway, she was part of that group of young authors. Um, like I, I think maybe like Truman Capote, some of these guys who were not Catholic, but she was always solidly Catholic, and she hung out with these guys a little bit. Um, at one particular, um, uh, like evening meal and party, um, the conversation turned towards the Eucharist, and as as she, mm. okay, good, yeah, I think I, I heard um. This. In Flannery O'Connor's words, this is how it goes. Um, the conversation turned into the Eucharist, which I, being the Catholic, was obviously supposed to defend. Mary McCarthy said when she was a child and received the host, she thought of it as the Holy Ghost, he being the most portable person of the Trinity. Now, she thought of it as a symbol and implied that it was a pretty good one. I then said in a very shaky voice, Well, If it's a symbol, to hell with it. (laughs) That was all the... And then she finishes, that was all the defense I was capable of, but I realize now that this is all I will ever be able to say about it outside of a story, except that it is the center of existence for me. All the rest of life is expendable. So, you know, very strong words from this awesome... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Tolkien said very similar things we've talked about before, but, I mean, it's true. If it's just a symbol, then to hell with it, because it's not what Jesus said. And that's, that's, you know, that's, if it's... If we're going against so strongly what Jesus said, then to hell with that, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, man.
2: It reminds me of, uh, I forget who says it, but uh, basically, like, if we truly understood what the Eucharist was... Uh, we'd be breaking down the doors to the church like we would never leave mass it probably is I might might be paraphrasing (laughs) that's who I would get
0: so do y'all want to um go through maybe some of John 6 uh and just
1: sure we actually so So, (laughs) we we were out for a walk a little while back like maybe a month ago and um these these nice mormons were passing by on their bikes and they passed da-dum, da-dum. us
0: up and then they came
1: back and they they introduced themselves and they asked if maybe uh hmm,
0: hmm. they said we were we were
1: uh, <laughs> uh i don't know what word they use like a sweet looking family and we we're like ha ha i got them all fooled, <laughs> fooled you. um
0: absolutely and uh <laughs> if they
1: could maybe come visit with us one day and cody looked at me and i looked at him and yeah, we were like, for sure, you know, um, you know, because it, it was partly like, what excuse do we have? And secondly, like, who are we to turn away, you know, Christians that asked to come talk with us? Mm-hmm. Anyway, but when they came to the house, um, and they're they're delightful, you know, <laughs> they're they're so lovely and respectful and and kind. Um, but we just we brought up this passage, and uh, it they had never <laughs> they seemed completely. I what know, in disbelief Ugh. that it existed you know right,
2: like they, they weren't they'd, <laughs> not, they'd not heard it before right basically and they were like yeah. well that that's interesting which i've encountered so, that
1: before with other protestants that
2: um but yeah so they agreed to go look look it up um along with um we were talking about um uh, so we we're talking about that and we we're also talking about uh, apostolic succession uh, so they so they were gonna go look that up and uh, like from a Catholic understanding and then we were challenged to. Um, it's actually pretty
0: entertaining. But yeah. read
2: some of the Book of Mormon. I'm just <laughs> kidding. We don't have to read uh, the whole thing. But, but but they did tell us to kind of flip through it. <laughs> Um, but so we're, we're, we're excited to do that, and we're going to be having I, more conversation. I remember. Uh, yeah. But maybe we time. should
1: read and um, talk I
0: about, Yeah, yeah. I, for a while so we're they were yeah. coming to my house John like every Traps, Saturday morning. Six. You know, it's like Go better ahead. than Saturday morning cartoons for me. And uh, each time they bring an extra person, you know. Mm-hmm. And eventually uh, <laughs> it became like a party. <laughs> but uh, one time they brought this little girl <laughs> with them and the girl was pretty sharp like i feel like they thought she was like some kind of prophetess or something i don't know it's kind of odd but anyway the girl um was giving me some counter arguments when i was talking about the eucharist and i'm like hey no life within you pretty bit pretty important right um and she's like but i don't get it how could if we're really eating jesus's You know, all these people across the world, two thousand years worth. When Jesus run out of body, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like how many how many hosts? <laughs> Which happens well, immediately before Jesus's Bread of Life Sermon of in John in six. World. Yeah, and I and and I before. you know at first I was stunned because I was like. Exactly. How could you ask that? Right. But then exactly. you know, it was the Holy Spirit and I was like you mean that the man who can multiply loaves and fishes couldn't multiply his own body. <laughs> you know, what I mean yeah. yeah. So so yeah, but that's the that's a perfect segue to John six that um, <laughs> right. right after he multiplies loaves and fishes for the second time Right, they're still hungry, so they follow him looking for bread. And you know, he's like, "No, I'm going to give you bread way better than that." Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the bread he's going to give—that's way better than the bread that he multiplied from loaves and fishes—is just going to be a mere symbol of his body. You know, some 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 bunny bread and some Welch's grape juice. Right. That makes perfect sense. That's a that's a definite step up from right. miraculous multiplication of bread, right? Absolutely. Well, it contains real juice, yeah. you know. <laughs> Especially Walsh's grape juice,
2: because you know Jesus was carrying it. Yeah,
0: that a was clearly fermented, right? But that's a whole nother topic, you know. We... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ah, um, uh,
2: fermented. Uh. Yeah, sure, sure. Or at least... Well,
1: did you... I know, it's have long. it open. Did, did you want um, to have
0: code read would, it? Out loud, okay. Well, okay, just it's so long, just a little. <laughs> so, I think we probably should read like read? starting around so, John, um, definitely John six fifty one, but maybe starting the 40s. Um, before Jesus gets into this, um, several times they murmur against him, right. Which is a quote, you know, which is a direct reference to the way the Israelites murmured against Moses, mm-hmm. because Christ is the new Moses, giving them the new manna, um, leading the new Exodus, new Promised Land, all that sort of thing. But yeah, um, yeah, y'all, y'all think somewhere in the forties? You want to start in there? Well, let's start
2: at thirty-five. Well, thirty-four.
1: That's what I was thinking They said
2: to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and him who comes to me I will not cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up at the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me, not that anyone has seen the Father except him who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life i am the bread of life your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died this is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat it of it and not die i am the living bread which came down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread which i shall give for the life of the world is my flesh The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. yeah, for my flesh is food
0: symbolically, and my blood is drink symbolically, right? That's what you just read? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's exactly oh, what
2: I read. You, right. you missed the symbolic part, um, but yeah, absolutely. But, uh, and, and we know that if 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 you actually look at uh, the original Hebrew, correct? I think it's the Greek. Greek, Greek the Greek. Greek. The word. Well, no. Is, so is at John six fifty three.
0: To it switches from phago In this passage Which is the general Greek word to eat Which could be like eat your heart out You know it could be used symbolically used Figuratively In John 6.53 where he says Truly truly I say to you mm-hmm. unless you eat Phago the flesh of the son of man And drink his blood you have no life in you 54 he switches He who trogon eats My flesh and drinks my blood Has eternal life and I'll raise him up on the last day so trogon, like you're saying, is the is a word which can only be taken literally in the Greek. It means to gnaw on, to rip, to chew in your mouth, um, to mash it up, yeah, and to swallow it. Right? It's it's as literal as possible.
2: Masticate.
1: And it also, I mean, aside from the fact that he says. I shall give for the life of the world, the the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh, and the fact that he says, fifty five for my flesh is bread, I'm, I'm sorry, where is it, the part where he says indeed, repeatedly, yeah, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed, you know, like adding emphasis of like,
0: amen, you know, amen, I, mean, I say to you, truth, 47, goodness.
1: he also said, um, I don't remember what verse it was, but he said, um, there's amen, amen. I say to you, but he said something about whoever looks on the Son of Man, or whoever sees. Forty-six.
0: Not that the Son of anyone man. has, seen the, me, while it, God, that has seen the Father except from God. He has seen the Father. Which is
1: right. Um, yeah. Or no, I think it was a different one. But basically, that how can we see Christ now in modernity? if not. And into
0: the road crossed. to Emmaus.
1: It, it said Cody found it. Um but I say to you that you have seen. yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, to me the the really kicker part of this whole passage is, is the part we the didn't po- read. Yeah, yet, the
2: following part.
1: That many of his disciples when they heard it said this is a hard saying who can listen to it, but Jesus knowing in himself that his disciples murmured at it said to them, sorry, I was just kidding. No. He said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, the flesh is of no avail. Now, of course, that's that's a passage that some people take issue with. But the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you that do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who those were that did not believe, and who it was that would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. And after this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer walked with him. And Jesus said to the 12, will you also go (laughs) away? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, what you said didn't bother me at all. No, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And just the fact that he lets them go away without saying sorry that was metaphorical sorry i was just kidding
2: let me explain let me
1: explain which is precisely what he <laughs> no does dudes. do he's, when they're heading to really lazarus dead. and he says lazarus <laughs> is asleep and his disciples say oh good he's just asleep no big deal he's dead he could have just waited and been like well they'll figure it out when we get there you know but instead he stopped and clarified and that situation the lazarus really part is also in john it's just five chapters later at john at john 11. Right. 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 And yet, here he doesn't clarify when tons of people are walking away. He doesn't say sorry, you know.
0: And what verse? You know, and what verse is, and, what is the know, number of the verse when heads, they drew you know? back and no longer followed Jesus? God. John you know? 6, 66. 666. 6, 6.
1: It's six. Right. Right. Yeah. And the fact that Peter. That when he asked Peter, will you go away too, to me it's significant that Peter doesn't say, like, no, man, like, we're cool. Like, that Peter's like, well, where else are we going to go? You know, like, (laughs) like, he sounds a little stressed out (laughs) to me. Like, like, I don't quite know what to make of you, of what you just said. You know, it's, it's perplexing to me. It's a mystery, you know, but, but you have the words of eternal life, you know.
2: And he lets all these people leave shortly after he said the Will of him who sent yeah, me, yeah, except for that Judas. And this figure. is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me.
1: Oh, and there it is, verse 40 for this is the will of my father that everyone who sees the Son of Man and believes in him should have eternal life.
0: And will. one of the how could we uh, translations today, of the not, manna, like the manna that the was presence. kept on the altar yes. and the tabernacle of Moses, you have it's, it's also translated as the bread of the presence. Also, the bread of the face, right? So even the manna was right. the f- the face. So now we have the Eucharist, yeah. and it's it's how we see the face of God,
1: right? Right, that the old bread, the presence of God shined on it. You know, like that it was in the presence of God that it, it's. It sort of saw his face, in a sense, you know, whereas now he dwells within it.
2: And there's so many parallels from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and the fact that the manna in the desert was what gave them life, right? And he points to this in John chapter 6, like, the bread, of the, the manna gave kept them alive in the wilderness. Well, I'm the bread that's going to bring them new life, you know, like, I'm the I'm the bread. So it, it's and just he
1: says it's the true bread. He is the true bread. bread.
2: And, it's, and just, it's hard to deny the real presence
0: yeah. if you actually look at
2: and scripture. If Jesus if is the new Moses,
0: um, right? you know Je- Moses said, "A prophet like unto me <laughs> will follow me. Um, you to to him shall you listen." Um, if if Jesus is the new Moses, bringing the new manna, how is it possible that the new manna would be less cool? Less awesome, less amazing than the original manna, right? Because you ask if you ask somebody what is the greatest miracle right. accomplished right. at the hands of Moses, they'll say, "Oh, you know, the, the the parting of the Red Sea or something like that." But no. The greatest miracle Moses accomplished was feeding hundreds of thousands of Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years on the manna and the, and the quail, you know, that would also come up. And that the manna would fall like the dewfall, would would form like the dewfall in the morning, like hoarfrost on the ground, and in the evening would come the flesh of the quail. So you'd have bread and flesh feeding them God's people, the chosen people, for forty years, and so we get to the new manna, and it's just symbolic. It's, <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right. It's something we buy at a
0: because ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, what so, that's saying is that bit, Moses was far greater than Jesus. It's if amazing. The old manna is far greater than the new manna. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And do you think part of why, like, we, we don't realize how incredible, I feel like growing up I didn't realize how incredible the whole mana thing was, is partly because we're people living in the 21st century in a first world country where it doesn't hit us how how desperate their situation would have been otherwise. You know? Like, there was no Winn-Dixie in in the de- you know what i'm saying like like just how terrible it would be to have wandered into the desert with these well, I, I think of we're such a imp- no hyper
0: empiricist no materialist you know? kind of culture that you know if science can't prove it it just doesn't exist right the the idea of the supernatural we have completely lost track of it. and and just right. and that word supernatural if we can take a second to talk about uh, the mention of the Eucharist, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, um, the the word, um, the word, sorry. Give go. us this day our daily bread, and, and the <laughs> Lord's prayer, and the Our Father. Y'all, y'all familiar with where I'm going with this? Right, like.
1: That it's right if you
0: just take that like sentence sleep. give us this day or, or our bread. daily yes. bread you More you should that. after saying this you know the thousand times in our lives that we say this you should be like hey that sense doesn't make any sense the way it's translated why do you have the the redundancy of day mentioned twice well that's because it's a poor translation daily the word daily in front of bread right. the Greek right. word there's Epiousios Jesus just coins this term when he gives us the Lord's Prayer, and um, daily is not at all the translation of it. If you take if, and this is not a hard word for us to translate, epi like epithelium, like epicenter, um, all those mean like the outermost, above, uh, super, right? Usios is the. Uh, the word we we use to define the nature of Christ, homoousios, one in being, you know, in in the uh, in the um, Nicene Creed, homoousios, right. consubstantial with the Father, one in being with the Father. ousios means nature or being. So if you take those two words together, you have super substantial or supernatural. So you have. Give us this day our supernatural bread. And that is, by the way, how right. Saint Jerome, translating the Bible in Bethlehem, translated that. He, he and the Saint Jerome Vulgate version of the Bible is give us this day our supernatural bread. Yeah. I don't, why don't we say that? That's bananas. <laughs> Look at St. Jerome <laughs> like, I don't, why we never heard I don't understand why we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have a master's in theology and I've never heard this before. <laughs> it's
2: like. <laughs> <laughs> I spent three years in seminary and I had no clue. Yeah, why not that? Yeah, and like, why, why don't
0: I mean, think it about it. So that All Protestants everywhere I mean, changed
2: a bunch say they're books. our father. And
0: what they are saying and don't know it is give us this day our Eucharist, our real presence, <laughs> our new manna. They, and they just don't know it.
1: Right. 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 Which, of course, they also mm-hmm. don't know that the part, the um, doxology, the for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. oh It's not scriptural. <laughs> it's, it's from the early mass. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so that's like um, from the DDK? <laughs> oh, or? So, no. so much for solo
0: scripture. Oh, and we should, but, um, John 6... 63 i think yeah, we should yeah. you know prepare those listening you mentioned uh mary briefly um the flesh is of no avail right so zwingli uh, i don't know john Hoos yes, or somebody I might have done before him them. but we basically have 1500 years everybody's like yeah real presence duh obviously jesus said this is my body here it goes Zwingli comes along, you know, after Calvin, after Luther, and he says, look at this. How can you believe that the Eucharist is Jesus' flesh if Jesus immediately says, the flesh is of no avail? Well, that's... And, I mean, that's that's why so many of of today's Protestants don't only believe in a symbolic interpretation, like the Baptists, the Anabaptists descended from Zwingli. It's... Jesus isn't saying... My flesh is of no avail. He's saying, in the flesh, your flesh. You know the people he's speaking to. Um, even, you know Judas among them. Their flesh is of no avail. My flesh is. And so,
1: right. And he says the words I have spoken right, to you are right. spirit and life. And what are the words he just spoke to them? Saying that they need to eat his body and his blood you know
2: he, he's probably also talking about transubstantiation right there um you know like the uh he's getting into metaphysics talking about like yeah it looks like bread but and
0: a little and we do i do pepper, have a good like quote from is. saint ignatius of it's antioch um from the second century oh yeah he yeah i think saint ignatius of antioch yeah. he always has good quotes <laughs> Yeah, so um, Scott or Saint, Ignatius and I'm gonna God, yeah. I'm uh, oh. have a blog post Both. to okay. uh, go along with this uh, podcast. So, but it'll be in the show notes too if you want to see this quote. Um, Saint and I'm I do have a quote from Saint Ignatius, uh, but the one I actually want to talk about with transubstantiation, what Cody was talking about, is actually from Saint Justin Martyr, um, and this is from his first apology. A, yeah also cool he's so he's writing this 150 a.d right you know um basically a hundred within uh just past a hundred years of christ's life Uh, he's writing this uh it's a letter to the emperor uh antoninus Pius, uh and this is chapter 66 of his letter so you know not (laughs) not the kind of letter we would write um (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) chapter 66 of my life
2: (laughs) Actually, that does sound so, like
0: the kind of letter Mary would write. So and this goes just just with like Humber. what Cody was saying. For not <laughs> kind of as common bread or... and common drink do <laughs> we receive these, but in like manner as Jesus Christ our Savior, having been made flesh by the Word of God, had both flesh and blood for our salvation. So likewise have we been taught that the food which is blessed by the prayer of his word his capitalizes Jesus's word and from which our bo- our blood and flesh by transmutation are nourished is the flesh and blood of that Jesus who was made flesh so transubstantiation that word might have come along a little bit later but right here you have transmutation like this this you know they didn't lick that off the the grass like the mm-hmm. dewfall all right yeah, <laughs> that that would that was early, early church teaching. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. This predates the yeah, Bible right. as we know. Earlier
1: than the existence of the canon of scripture. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, we've got, and then we have have a quote from Justin, uh, from Saint Ignatius of Antioch, saying, um, they. uh, talking about they who confess not the Eucharist to be the flesh of our Savior Jesus Christ, which suffered for our sins, which the Father of His goodness goodness raised up again. Um, Those who confess not, you need to stay away from them. He says, therefore you should keep aloof from such persons and not to speak of them, either in private or in public. (laughs) So, um, How's that for ecumenical dialogue? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Right. Right. John 6 is incredibly rich. All right. But last thing just to touch on, since we only have so much time before, uh, is Jesus, when he says um, flesh, when he uses the word flesh in John 6, he had two options. In Greek, he could use soma, which is like the general term for flesh, for body, Um, but he doesn't. He uses the much more specific and literal term sarx, that's S-A-R-X. So just like when he switches from the general Greek word for eating phago, that's P-H-A-G-O, he, for emphasis, and to be make sure they understand that he's being literal, he switches to Trogon, which is much more uh, visceral and um, physical eating experience. Non-metaphorical, non-figurative, non-symbolic. Um, the, but throughout, Not when he says flesh, he's saying sarks. Um, you know, my flesh, the... the the sinew, the the skin on my bones. It's very literal. So I guess um, I thought we'd have time to talk. I guess I was just crazy thinking we'd have time to talk about um, Eucharistic miracles in this episode. But I guess uh, the good Lord just wants us to talk about the real presence even more. So I'm... Yeah. Yeah. So we Absolutely. need at least twenty six. <laughs> only twenty six percent. You
2: know. And, and, well, I don't know about that. Well, and this is yeah. good because like just now we kind of. talked
1: about some of the sort of more kind of scholastic or
2: basic or academic, um, uh,
1: academic research scripture based like kind of case the case for the eucharist and next time we can talk about kind of sort of the more experiential mm-hmm. um when the when the mormons were here yeah, yeah. we asked them um <laughs> basically like on on what premise do they accept
0: our our hearts burned within the us Mormon
1: scriptures you know um and their answer was basically that they're touched when they read it you know basically Basically, that's basically what it was and it was kind of great because Cody was like okay well let me tell you about how my heart burns when I'm in front of you well
0: and if and if heartburn constitutes constitutes canonicity you know he let into it more smoothly but I mean uh, I've read I mean the uh, the exorcist when I read the exorcist it gave me heartburn so that (laughs) must be the divine inspired word of God as well (laughs)
1: right right Right. right. So it was it was interesting. It was cuz also if we understood them correctly, they basically mm. sort of have their own kind of idea of apostolic succession within their own community. Mer,
0: uh, but yeah. they think
1: it just Paul.
0: Well, Moro- from, well like, the lost the tribe apostles. went the oh, lost so. tribe went to North America and and, and the Angel no, no, Moroni no, 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 appeared no. to them, Smith. you know, Joseph alleged Smith. allegedly. <sighs> Correct.
1: Which? What were they doing all this time?
0: Well, That's they're you know understand. hanging out, not dying of yellow fever because we haven't year, like, killed them yet and stuff. Thirty
1: A.D. to whenever Joseph Smith.
0: No, he just found the the remnants right, of like there's no yeah
1: pra- there weren't like does Joseph Smith claim to have found practicing Christians? In the U.S., mm-hmm. yeah, the gold
0: tablets. Just Obvious. tablets. So, obviously, so obviously, doesn't truck came your heart here, burn within you out, when you even say those words? <laughs> and
1: no evidence of their existence besides those gold tablets.
0: Okay. Right,
1: right, right. So, but just so they were saying that they have a series of prophets now within their community, and that there's kind of a succession there. And I was like, so how do you make peace with the fact? That
0: oh yeah, that basically you're yeah, saying that, that exists for you then, now,
1: but that for 1,500 years or so, I don't I don't know when Joseph Smith was. Was he the 1800s? Basically, yeah. basically that you you see the need for there to be some authority and some succession and some continuity. But you think that just didn't exist for eighteen hundred years? But I, I phrase it as a question, like, so you just think there was well, none of that? For
0: yeah. 18, well, a they have huge years. contradictions like, yeah, between yeah, no, what Joseph Smith said, what and, uh, Brigham Young said, and now what they're just anyway, what they're saying but, now. So there's co- even continuity within the last hundred years. They're in trouble, and then B, that whole heart burning within us. When you really drill down, any Protestant that doesn't believe mm-hmm. and Apostolic succession, or acknowledge that the the church, the Catholic Church, gave them the Bible. That's that's their proof for canonicity. Any prop, not just to Jehovah's Witnesses, which right,
1: right. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should say more explicitly, well, like basically. I mean, okay, it's just so like believe, a ipso facto of
0: kind of kind you of believe thing. Believe the authority yeah. of Scripture.
1: But where did the authority of scripture come from? Where did the scripture come from? The church, right. Yeah. Right, which Cody brought that up too. He said, okay, so so you're saying you don't think that there was anyone really like in authority from right. the death of the apostles, but the Bible, but you believe in the authority of the Bible, but the Bible was put together as a, as a as single yeah. work, as a single canon, like 200 years after the life of Christ, you know, so how? how does that work it was I, I don't want to give the impression this conversation mm, we had with these young I mean just good, people just don't peaceful. ask these it was, it was not like these a basic or yeah. it's logic just, it's interesting the contradictions you know um right which that's that's to me the thing about my faith is that as a Catholic I've always basically said yeah I accept what the church teaches. I want to understand why. And I've never been disappointed in my
2: search yeah. for why.
1: Like, I've never... I've,
2: I've been never disappointed <laughs> in search for why because it made me change my mind. To be more Catholic. To be more Catholic. <laughs> right.
1: What I mean... <laughs> so what, <laughs> I, oh, what I mean right. is they, they always make a good... There's always a good reason, I guess, is what I mean. There's always a, a consistent... And, and
0: even for the and, and, logical, and even for the you know, most amazing in, one of the most supernatural experiences and, we can have in this life, the real presence of the Eucharist, there is reason to believe. And and so next time we'll uh our goal is to go through some of these. We've went, we kind of went through the reasons right. today mm-hmm. based in right. the in scripture, yeah, the logic. And next time, like Mary was saying, well, um, we thought we'd have time tonight, but we'll go through the Eucharistic the miracles, logic. the logic. Yeah. Um, one in particular that I just learned about. Uh, there's actual video of the Eucharist changing into like heart muscle, and video of it pulsating. Um, So we'll go into all that sort of thing next time. I think we're going to have... Cody's going to talk about his conversion story. Lots of good things. Um, Any more y'all wanted to say before we close out? (laughs) No. no, Adore God. Go to Mass. (laughs) Eat Jesus. Talk
1: to Jesus.
0: Oh, I said, eat Jesus."
1: Look at Jesus.
0: <laughs> Amen. Well, that sounds good. Cast your Go Thank you Consume for nerding out with us, the Catholic Nerds, Scott Smith. <laughs> Please, he has a symbolic presence tonight and Colby vicariously (laughs) not not a real presence so please uh, please do uh, subscribe to this podcast and share it with Yes. (laughs) 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 stop it (laughs) please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends catholic or not uh, (laughs) real presence believers or not and remember parents yeah well you know all of them Keep it, keep with our nerd people oh and, and remember parents Nerds are only not. you can prevent your children from believing in the Bunny bread and Welch's grape juice version of the Eucharist <laughs> good night <laughs> amen <laughs> oh you, you like what I'm wearing but <laughs>